Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. Shelly, how excited are you to be in Vegas next week for HR Tech? I am very excited. It's supposed to be pretty warm, so I have not put away my summer wardrobe because I'm wearing sweaters now. Like it's chilly here this week. So I'm looking forward to warmer weather. But more importantly, I'm pretty excited with some of the people we're going to meet next week. Yes, so we will be recording live from the Plum Boots, and we've got 13 interviews booked, and the majority of them right now are CEOs of companies in our industries, like very prominent companies. So we are going to have some really interesting insights after we leave, and we're just talking about this before me and Shelly is what do we want to get out of those interviews? And in reality, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is like, how are you differentiating yourself from the market and what are you seeing in the market and getting perspective at a high level from CEOs of major companies is going to give us some insight that is hard to get. Like, what are the key players thinking? Like what's mm-hmm. coming? We'll see if it actually comes out the way we want it. But either way, I think they're going to be great interviews. And I don't know if I'm as excited, Shelly, because last month was so busy with everything going Mm -hmm. on and traveling for a week. When I'm there, I quite enjoy it, but I do get anxiety before going and I kind of want to get it done because I am a home person. I feel very comfortable in my basement and I miss (laughs) my basement and I miss my kids and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So that's the only thing. That's really honest of you to admit that you have a little bit of anxiety leading up to something like these conferences and being gone for a week because I'm with you. Like I love being at home. Like my weekends are all about reading and, you know, just putzing around the house. And that's my time to decompress. And so I just wanted to say on Sunday, I decided to reread James Ellis's book, Employer Branding for Small Business. There's a great chapter in there about responding to negative reviews on Glassdoor. And I just started rereading it. So I take a little break and notice that James Ellis has posted one of the most heartwarming comments. And this came out Sunday morning. And it was like, what a wonderful thing to see on a Sunday morning on LinkedIn. And he did a shout out of people that have been a part of his life over these last few years. It really warmed my heart. It really did. So his comment about us was Shelly and Serge, probably the most reasonable talent acquisition people he's met. I'm not sure what that means, but I like it. Reasonable is always a good adjective to be described by, right? It was an interesting choice that we're reasonable. (laughs) We'll have to ask more about that, but yeah, we will. Well, and you you forgot on the weekend, Shelly, I saw you at the mall. And you got to spend a lot of time with Genevieve, one of my twins, who Mm -hmm. just adores you. And I think you bribed her a little bit, too, with going to Lush and buying all those bat bombs. Because I've had the difficult task of trying to manage all three girls, which bat bomb that we're going to use that night. They quite enjoyed it. but So talk about the perfect weekend. Like, honestly, four-year-old little girls. We're walking down the mall and she held my hand and I tell you, I was just melting all over the place because she's just so precious. They're so innocent and so precious and loving. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was really fun. I got to tell you on a drive back, she's like, I'm not going to tell Annabelle that I met Shelly because Annabelle's going to be very sad that she didn't meet Shelly. So like she cares about her sister's feelings so much. Obviously they're identical twins, but I thought that was just so sweet. But did she hold it in? No, no. No. (laughs) Four-year-olds can't keep any secret. Within like a minute we're in the house. She's like, Annabelle, I met Shelly. Oh no. And how did Annabelle react? She said, I want to meet Shelly. And Mallory, too, the oldest, was quite jealous about it, too. She's definitely a huge fan. How about we Mm -hmm. jump into the news? You bet. So your friend and mine, Terry Baker, had an announcement this week that he has a new position as chief executive officer at a company called Daxtra Technologies. And he's just such a lovely man. And he has always been very open to us and being on the show. And so I was very happy to see that that he started a new role. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be completely frank. I do not know anything about Daxtra. In his post, he did put, looking forward to helping scale the platform and organization that is already the leading provider of AI-enriched software for the talent acquisition ecosystem. But also, he was in the news a couple of days before because it was announced that he was an investor in Sonic Jobs. And Sonic mm-hmm. Jobs has been something that's been on my radar for a little bit, and I can't wait to see them at HR Tech because I need to figure out what the hell is the buzz around Sonic Jobs. So another announcement on that end. Mm-hmm. Another friend of the show, Hiring Branch. So Hiring Branch just received $2.5 million in funding from Canada's Bank for Entrepreneurs, BDC Capital which we're very aware of. Some interesting tidbits in there. They've been bootstrapped since 2017. What they're seeing now, and this is not a surprise to me or you after having Stefan on the show and knowing a little bit more about Hiring Branch, they've been growing around 300% customer growth with Fortune 500 companies. Obviously, they've been growing organically, and I think this is just putting some gasoline to the fire. I think that's what they need to really bring it to the next level. I really predict that Hiring Branch is going to be one of our HR tech darlings here in Canada. I do love their technology. They've built an AI platform, right? Like it's been heavily based on AI and I think they've mastered it in a lot of ways in just a perfect time when people are listening to the AI conversation. Overall thoughts there, Shelley? So happy for Stefan. I love the story too, again, of Canadian startup. They've pivoted. They started out as one thing, morphed into where they are today. And then they never lost their focus on who their customer is. Hiring Branch, their solution for high volume hiring and helping their customers succeed without having to interview. So I would encourage anyone who's listening in the audience to to take a closer look at them because it sounds like, how can that be? But really, the space that they're in is call centers and high volume and retail. And there comes a time where if you have a technology or a system that can help select the right people, which is what they've done, you really can move through the process more efficiently in hiring the right people. So it's pretty amazing stuff. It is. The other thing was, I was actually surprised that it wasn't more money 
Yeah. It's only 2.5 million uh, yeah. Canadian, right? Which is good. If it was 250 million, I think it would peak a little more interest. I, I got to admit, I had the same concern reading it. 2.5 million doesn't seem like a whole lot. And to a mm-hmm. lot of organization, it's not. But let's put the context that they've been bootstrapping and been very successful since 2017. So they can take a little bit of money and go a long way with it. So congratulations, Hiring Branch. Really good news. I do want to jump in and go on a little bit of a rant. And this is another Canadian company that I have started to not be a fan of, to be completely honest. And it's not the company. It's probably the CEO that I'm more frustrated with. We've all probably heard of Shopify. It's one of Canadian's tech darling. And they've been in the news quite recently because they did a 20% layoff of their workforce in May 2023. And they had previously done a 10% layoff of their workforce in July 2022. So their CEO, Toby Luke K, I'm hoping I'm saying that right. There is an internal memo that was leaked to the business insider and Basically, he's discouraging the company staff from taking on side gigs that distract them from their work at Shopify. He believed that the company's mission to develop top tier software for merchants require their undivided attention. We expressed surprise when he learned that the company has been offering side gig encouragement. I'm like, your whole fucking platform is built on side gigs. When a billionaire tells his employees that they cannot make more money to supplement, and this is described in their Glassdoor reviews, crap salaries, it's completely shocking. And a little bit deeper. So he's discouraging side gigs. Guess who is the king of side gigs? All right. So not Shopify. Him. On top of it. Oh, so let's go through what he does. He is the chair of the government of Canada's economic strategy table on digital industries. He's also on the board of Coinbase, which is under investigation, just to point that out, Mm -hmm. like under Mm -hmm. federal investigation. Plus, he is a very avid gamer. And in past layoffs, he's talked about basically people in a video game context. So Toby, you're a fucking tool, all right? Like you are a tool. First, you laid off 30% of your workforce. The minute that you expect loyalty and people to be fully dedicated to working at Shopify and not have any side interest and you pay like shit, it, it just seems like that tech bro CEO that is like, everyone should be fully dedicated to my fucking mission to make me a billionaire. Shelly, I'm going to ask you this question. So the employees reading this, how do you think they feel about him, about this whole approach of him complaining about people having side gigs on their own time? So I, I think what caught me first is the fact that he was surprised to learn that they had actually been using the Shopify core brand of start your own business as part of their attraction strategy. Yes. How could he not know that? Anyways, I've got no disagreement here. I think my only comment was he's clearly disconnected from his own organization. As you pointed out, he's got a lot of other things on the go. And I think he took his eye off the ball. It's not giving me a lot of confidence that Shopify is going to survive in the long run. And it's a lie that he didn't know because 
the side hustle was encouraged by Shopify, including in offer letters that bore Toby's signature. So he signed it. It's in the offer letters, right? Well, this just keeps getting juicier and juicier. No one's going to be fucking fully dedicated to making some other dude a billionaire. This thinking from the 50s, it doesn't exist anymore. So anyways, I'm going to stop, but I am not a fan of Toby. When we talk about CEOs that we dislike, we talk a lot about Elon, but I'll tell you one thing about Elon. You know exactly where that guy stands. He is an asshole and he admits he's an asshole. This guy doesn't know he's an asshole yet, but it's becoming quite evident. Time will tell. I don't think we even need to wait very long because once you start treating people that way, certainly in the Canadian business culture, it won't be long before a competitor to sneak up behind you, clobber you, and you'll wonder whatever happened. We saw it with other Canadian startups. So, Yes. Let's jump into the tip of the week. So the tip of the week, you know, what got me thinking about this was spending some time with the beautiful Genevieve this weekend and the questions that kids ask. As a parent, you really need to be prepared to be asked some questions like, where did that come from? Like they never stop thinking, right? And it's really a shame because somewhere in grade school, you start to realize that it's less about asking questions and more about being able to answer tests and whatever question that the teacher is asking you. So it got me thinking about some of the most fun interviews that I've ever been in are when the candidate that we're interviewing has great questions. I have always believed that you can tell more about someone by the questions they ask than about how they answer my questions. So my tip of the week is Prep your candidates, especially when you're in the final interview stage, prep your candidates to come prepared with great questions for that final interview, because then choosing who's the best applicant actually becomes pretty clear. So that's my tip of the week. Yes, I love that tip of the week because questions are still an issue. I'll tell you, there's a lot more questions that are being asked by candidates, but a quality is severely lacking in some cases. And I'm going to put the blame here on career coaches or interview coaches, because the one question that I get all the time now, and I don't know if you get it, is, is there something in my background that would hold you up in giving me an offer? What are my weaknesses? And those types of questions, it's just so fucking awkward, right? Like I'm in a room with you and now you're trying to get me to say why I wouldn't hire you. And I'm not even sure. I haven't even thought that deep yet. And there's probably a chance that, yeah, you're already a no, or I'm not sure, but what am I going to tell you? Ask questions that are relevant to the business Mm -hmm. and how you can help grow that business. Not why wouldn't you hire me? I don't know why you wouldn't hire me. Mm-hmm. So anyways, let's go on to recruiting insights. The candidate expectation report came out just recently. And there was a few things that kind of caught my eye. It's actually really well done in that they summarize a lot of statistics. And so I love to see the numbers and the percentages and that sort of thing. Um, Do you know the company that did it is called Chronify? Chronify. You've heard of Chronify before, right? Yeah, okay. I will temper this with some of it is rather answering their own question, if I may. But I think gave us some really interesting findings as far as what candidates expect. And so 40% of candidates expect interviews to be scheduled within two to six days of applying. 
So that I found was interesting in that I don't know that many people, certainly after you've had a pre-screen or you've got to be somewhere in the process, if you're expecting to be scheduled for an interview, do you know what I mean? This is where it didn't really line up for me, but Chronify, of course, is a scheduling software. So let's take this with a grain of salt. Fair enough. Um, what I did find interesting was the attention span of job seekers has decreased to 8.25 seconds, largely due to technology and social media. That is, they now expect quick responses. So when you think about someone like myself, if you sent me a text message and I don't reply for an hour or two, to a lot of people, that is unacceptable. If you text me, they want an immediate response. So that made perfect sense to me. And so for this to bleed over into the recruitment process also makes sense in that 49% of candidates that left the recruitment process, it was because interview scheduling was taking too long. And that is up 10% from one year ago. Mm. So there was a lot of, of data and insights in this report because they talk about company culture, employer brand, expectations of automation in what job seekers are looking for. So any key takeaways that you found yeah. really interesting? Yeah, there's a couple. And I thought the point that you just made out as far as the expectation of speed was really interesting because you just said, I don't know if that's realistic. And for most companies, it's not. But we're not asking companies, we're asking candidates what yeah. they expect, right? And this is their expectation that they apply and they hear from mm -hmm. you in three to five days. If not, like they're already moving on. I think we have to take that really seriously, right? Because that is not how we have done this. The majority of people post a job for 30 days. And after the 30 days, they start looking oh, at resumes. We talked about that's the wrong approach, mm -hmm. but it's still happening a lot. So this gives us really good insights of what the candidate expectations and how you win is by meeting those candidate expectations and how you differentiate yourself so we can poo it as much as we want, but this is what candidates are telling us. And I think we have to take it seriously. And one of the things that was mentioned, and I think this should be an aha moment for all of us and for senior leadership is a good hiring process that respects candidates' time can increase workplace retention up to 82%. It shows clearly of job seekers, what they think of a company, depending on their hiring process. So a lot of people in the, I don't want to say desperation, but they are going to tolerate more, right? Because you need to have that paycheck, but mm -hmm. you're coming in with like, this is a job until I find something else. Because if they fuck this up, they're going to screw everything else up, right? It's not going to be a very proficient company. I thought that was a key one for us. The other one is just talking about automation. And I think we're all guilty of this. And there's a lot of people in the industry, a lot of the recruiter influencers and everything, they talk about the importance of the human element. And I agree, there's importance in the human element. But a lot of the things that we're failing at, we should be automated. So 62% of candidates prefer an automated interview scheduling system 
over lengthy back and forth communication. No shit. Like I hate it as a recruiter bouncing around then trying to figure out like, when's the hiring manager available? Oh, his calendar is open. I'm going to book it. Oh, actually I'm not free. Then I have to go back and rebook with the candidate. It's all bullshit, right? No one wants to deal with that. And the last point here that I thought was interesting and it never really hit me is as recruiters, sometimes we forget what it means being on the other side and how important it is for things to happen when we say it's going to happen. So we might have a hiring manager come to us be like, oh, actually, I can't do that interview. I've got something important. So move the interview for me. We don't realize the stress and anxiety that we're putting on a candidate by doing that. We shouldn't have to put them through it if we've got our shit together, right? Those were the key things. The takeaway at the end of like speed is is critical. And I'm not talking about the speed of application or anything like that. I'm talking the speed of how we respond to candidates is the number one thing we can do as recruiters to differentiate ourselves from other companies. Anything else? Like any key takeaways that you found? No, I think you absolutely hit the high points. Absolutely. And what I loved about what you just said, I know we're having a little love fest here, <clears throat> is the fact that we should never I lose sight of what it we should never lose sight of what it feels like to be a candidate. And the day that you do, I've said this a lot over the years, but the day that I forget what it feels like to be out of work and I am standing there and I'm about to give you every piece of personal information that you ask for and I get nothing in return. It's a bit of a power trip and I think recruiters need to check their their lens once in a while to just be reminded of what it feels like to look for work. Um, well, and- a lot of us recruiters are looking for work. So I guess we're mm-hmm. getting that experience right now. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to dovetail a little bit into yeah. another article that's very closely related, where is this gentleman similar to last week or a couple of weeks ago, where we had a person just applying to different ATS and giving a ranking on what he thought is best ATS. So, the other of this article applied to 250 jobs individually and basically gave us some insight. So he did not use the Indeed Apply or the LinkedIn Easy Apply. He just did 250 applications. The average application time was just over two and a half minutes to complete a job application. I think that's good. I was actually impressed that's the case. But he did find that larger companies tend to have a longer application process. If a company size doubles, the application time increases by 5%. A tenfold increase in company size results in a 20% longer application process. Obviously, the industry can make a difference, right? Like we know that government, aerospace, consulting generally have longer, more complex application process. In its research, the longest and shortest applications, the United States Postal Service had the longest application time taking 10 minutes and 12 seconds, which that's pretty good actually for them. And then there was a company that took 17 seconds called Renaissance Technologies. So the type of ATS that used by a company had a dramatic effect on application time. So older ATS, I love that they call, he called this an older ATS workday. Yeah. Taleo, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah. So Workday and Taleo tend to make job applications up to 128% longer. You're going to need to register to every company that uses a Workday or Taleo. And I think this is the biggest thing. I love this article. It's like 
that is the most frustrating thing for job seekers is that creating an account to go and apply is what I got out of it. Did you get anything else out of it, Shelly? No, it's always good to have more proof points, especially if we as TA leaders in our organization are back in the market for a new ATS. This is the side of the screen that most often is overlooked, and that's the candidate, (laughs) which is, again, the irony is just killing me that when you're selecting an applicant tracking system, you're not taking into consideration how applicants feel about it or what it's like to actually use it. I wonder if we will ever have a balance of just how much information you need to give up in order to apply for a job. It really is excessive when I think of some of the application processes that are asking you page after page. And I was shocked to say that taking 10 minutes to apply at the postal service when they are federally regulated, I don't know, that seemed really short to me. I would think it's closer to 45 minutes. Yeah, all of it. Asking, like the whole, the yeah. timing seemed off, right? It did. It did. And, and and maybe this was just averages. And if you've done it 250 times, you're going to get really good at it, which is not most candidates. It's true. Most candidates do it once every 10 years. But it's just, it's an excessive amount of information that we are asking of people at the beginning of the process. And we're not giving anything back. I agree. We got a few minutes left and I want to jump into our last recruitment insight because this is your lover. Indeed. So Indeed had their future work conference last week or the week before, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they came out with a bunch of announcements. You want to give us like a little bit of a list of what they come out with? Oh, okay. So unfortunately, I did not go to future works this year, but did get the summary of some of the new product announcements that did come out. Indeed, they'll be adding something called smart sourcing. It will be featured and tested in the US. So it'll be very limited, closed kind of beta testing with select customers. So we can't really expect to see much of this here in Canada, probably until about April of 2024. The number one complaint from everyone is qualified candidates. I love that they're taking a step in this direction and they're innovating. They're not sitting still. When we look at job boards that have died over the years, it's because they stopped innovating. Yes, I am a big fan of at least get out there and try it. So stay tuned for more of how they will be using AI for things like generating better job descriptions. I can't see anybody complaining about that. I don't care who you are. That is probably the biggest thing to fix outside of quality candidates, but you get what you ask for. Really looking forward to seeing how they will use generative AI on job descriptions. The other cool thing is that they are now offering what's called ATS Sync. So candidates sourced from Indeed matching candidates syncing easily with the employer's applicant tracking system. So it integrates Indeed and hosted jobs for over 350 platforms around the globe. That is probably where they are also going to be winning the race here is because they are doing everything they can to shake hands nicely with ATSs around the world. The only other thing was the pay-per-click and indeed coming out and saying, okay, I think we fixed it. 
because it's been quite a roller coaster of a year for Indeed in 2023, introducing the paper apply model versus just the paper click. It actually resulted in companies saving a lot of money. Therefore, revenues were down, but they do believe that they have fixed the problems with the paper apply. And it's been a little frustrating for a lot of clients, I think. Yeah, I love the headline of an article I saw that was based on that. We fixed a problem with paper apply. I'm like, source, indeed. Oh, okay, yes, you have fixed it. Uh, I'm going to take your word for it. Shelly, I'm, I'm going to leave it on this, right? And you said that job boards haven't innovated. And I can tell you all the major job boards in their peak have tried everything, right? Like very similar to what Indeed and very little sticks. And this is the case with Indeed. 99% of what Indeed puts on the market never lasts. Everything you just announced here a year from now, there will be one thing that will stick. And that is going to be the ATS sync. On that note, <laughs> Shelly... We will be in Nashville next week. So no, Vegas. Really... Oh, yeah. Vegas. And we will give you all the highlights. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We love you. Thank you. See you soon. Au revoir. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.